It's time to find balance and be refreshed here on Every Heart, Every Woman. Every Heart, Every Woman. Get ready for uplifting music and inspiring interviews. Every Heart, Every Woman. Let's get motivated to move forward as we share our life experiences. host, Carla Nivens. Well, welcome to the show, everyone. My name is Carla Nivens. I am your host for the Every Heart, Every Woman radio show. Before we jump into our interview for today, we're going to set the tone with just a little bit of live music. This is Rest My Soul. It is from my CD that is called True Worship. Sit back and enjoy. Rest my soul And God alone For my strength Comes from Him He's my rock And my salvation Rest my soul In God alone Rest my soul God alone. 
Well, welcome back, everyone. My name is Carla Nivens. I am your host for the Every Heart, Every Woman radio show. Our show is a program of Love Ministries, which is a 501c3 nonprofit organization. You can go to loveministriesbills.org. You can get all of the great information about Love Ministries. Well, I am very excited about our interview for today. We are welcoming for the first time Rodney Shepard. Rodney is a licensed professional counselor. And actually, Rodney and I grew up together. We go, well, way, way, way back. (laughs) Uh, We've known each other for many, many, many years. So I'm so excited, Rodney, for you to join the show for the first time. First of all, welcome and thank you so much for your time and joining us. Thank you, Carla. I, I definitely appreciate the invite. I'm not sure what took you so long, but <laughs> I, I am elated to, to be here nonetheless. And so I'm, I'm truly excited to um, be with you on today. Uh, just a little bit about myself. Uh, uh, obviously, my name is Rodney Shepard. I am a licensed professional counselor. I've been practicing for a couple of years now. Uh, I have a private practice, part-time private practice, wisdom counseling, uh, based out of actually two locations, one in Arlington and one in the southern sector of Dallas. Uh, I'm a, also a full-time school counselor uh, at a public charter school in Grand Prairie. Uh, been in education for about 13 years, and so the last three of those 13 uh, have been uh, as a school counselor working with our wonderful high school students. Uh, I also have a program called uh, What the World Expects, uh, I've been doing that since 2009, and that program is essentially geared around geared around uh, giving our 12th grade students a crash course on life uh, before they transition from high school into college or career or military or, or whatever they desire to do beyond graduation. And so I like to have a group of professionals come in from different walks of life and just you know, educating people on, you know, what the world expects of them, you know, once they leave. Because, of course, as we know, uh, life changes drastically uh, once our young people graduate, as I'm sure your daughter is starting to experience. Yes, 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 absolutely. So, um, so yeah, Rodney, I, I really appreciate you coming. I, I, and I will have to say what took me so long is because you're really tied up doing all of those things that you just said, especially um, during the school year. Because uh, sure. I believe I reached out to you before about being on the show, but during the school year, you know, you're really in go, go, go mode. And mm-hmm. and and really the work that you're doing is really, really, really important. So, um, but also I think it's divine timing right now because mm-hmm. of everything that is going on in our world. Now I've had several people on the show to share their experiences, um, just trying to deal with every single thing that's going on and all of the messages that we are receiving, um, number one from TV. And then also trying to wade through everybody's personal experiences. People are trying to listen for the first time to each other and, and learn and, and really, um, get everyone, trying to understand everyone's experiences. So we've, you know, the last couple of weeks, we've had so many people on the show to, to share um, kind of how they're, they're, they're taking their life and continuing to walk through this time. But mm-hmm. one thing we haven't really, really um, 
dive into is mental health. And so really that's why I think it's divine timing to have you on right now. Because number one, everyone is in the middle of um, you know, COVID-19 and trying to deal with that and trying to see, number one, you know, a lot of us are working from home now. And so we may be isolated from other people more than we have been. Mm-hmm. Some of us are getting back and going to um going to the office, but and I will be one of those. I will be going back soon. But then there are all of the measures that we have to take in place um, in our office. If we talk to someone more than I believe it's seven minutes, everybody's got to have a mask on. But if we talk to someone more than seven minutes, we have to write a log down just so that if someone, you know, says, okay, I am infected, then now there's a log of who, you know, who you talk to so that we can, you know, try to isolate um, any, any kind of infections or spreading of infections. So number one, that already, you know, we're, we're thinking, you know, we, we want to get back to work so that we can get back to being in relationship with other people. But now we have to think about, okay, did I talk to somebody more than seven minutes? You know, there are a lot of layers that go on that are, you know, we're dealing with right now. And, and mentally, it's really tough. Um, we understand that the the rise of um, abuse in the homes, you know, is going up. Like, really, this is a, a, a tough time on us mentally. So number one, I would love for you to um, try to give us, you know, a message and, and then some tips on what we can do during this time to um, stay peaceful, to stay happy, to um, to to stay healthy. Sure, um, and uh, I definitely I, I appreciate you once again in inviting me on. And a lot of what you said, sorry, my alarm is going off. A lot of what you said, um, I mean, you're <laughs> you're absolutely correct. I mean, there is um, a huge mental health component uh, piece to all of this that that we're going through. And, and I think so many of us, uh, because mental health oftentimes is kind of put on the back burner mm-hmm. and is oftentimes it's, it's kind of after we've kind of gone through adversity and after we've responded and after we've taken medication, you know, that we kind of realize, you know, I'm, I'm going through quite a bit here and, and it's, it's more than I can handle on my own. Mm-hmm. So it's at that time, perhaps, that, that we may seek mental health. And so... You know, there are there are even challenges, challenges on my end as a mental health professional having to then, you know, navigate, you know, through all of that just to get to the individual. Because my my approach to counseling is not to counsel, you know, the adversity is not to counsel the depression and the anxiety is to get beyond all of that and see the actual individual. Uh, for who they truly are and get them to see themselves for, for who they are, because your, your condition is not you, you know, your, your mental illness is not who you are. Uh, Your behavior even is, is not who you are. And so really trying to, you know, walk through that process uh, with, with my clients uh, can, can be, you know, uh, a challenge, you know, more, more, more today, you know, now than ever before, mm-hmm. just due to uh, all of the, the recent events um, in the year 2020. So I, I guess I'll, I'll start with 
um, as you know, I've I've served on a few panels now. You know, I'll center around you know COVID and uh, social injustice. And my last one that I did on last week uh, was tar- targeting African American men uh, and just give giving them uh, an an outlet where where they can just be transparent and and feel that it was a safe environment. Uh, for them to just open up and and kind of talk about a lot of the things that they've been going through um, as, you know, as black men, you know, leaders in their home, leaders on their job. Um, some of them, you know, out, out in the streets, you know, protesting and, and, and doing all of those different things. Um, and then <laughs> since then, you know, we've had a lot of women reach out. And, and, and so they, they desire to kind of have some sort of something similar for them perhaps, or maybe doing kind of a co-ed because women want to know how do I support, you know, black men, you know, how, how can I be here for my husband or how can I be here for my son or my, my brother or whatever the case may be. And so it's, it's definitely an ongoing uh, process in, in trying to help all of us navigate what, what this is going to look like. Um, on top of that, it, it appears to be no end in sight. Uh, as it relates to this pandemic, um, people are trying to to get back to this what they would consider this normal way of life. Even though we all know it will probably never truly be normal again, um, so you kind of have to create a new normal, and then still be respectful of of other people's preferences. And by that I mean, so let me just kind of get into some of the things that that I've consulted with, um, whether it be clients or just people you know like yourself. Um, you know, we've had this discussion uh, about uh, masks, for example. And so, you know, you have individuals that are very adamant about you, know, you leave your house. I need you to have a mask on going to the mm-hmm. store, going to the mall, going wherever, wherever that you can go, restaurants. Um, and then you have a core group that's like, OK, yeah, I'm going to leave, but I'm going to go places where I don't have to wear a mask because I just, you know, I'm not I'm not infected. I'm not, you know unclean or, or whatever the case may be. And that's, that's their preference. And so what, one of the things that I've noticed, and of course this isn't across the board, but one of the things that I've noticed is those that are choosing not to wear masks feel some type of way about those that are choosing to wear a mask and those that are choosing to wear a mask feel some type of way about those that are choosing uh, not to wear a mask. And so I've, I've talked with, you know, individuals and, and they, you know, there are labels now that they were placing on each other. And, and my concern there is, is if, if you continue to place these labels on the person not wearing the mask and on the person that is wearing the mask, because we're on both sides, sides of these fences, then, you know, we, we can, you know, start fighting. So they ain't gonna have all these fights out, you know, in the streets because, you know, people are feeling some type of way about, you know, those that are, you know, they're labeling, labeling people that are not wearing masks as, you know, you know, you're, you're, you're a terrorist or you're, you're inconsiderate, you're killing people, you're heartless, and then vice versa, you know, those that, that are wearing masks are being labeled as paranoid and, you know, you're doing too much or you're overly, you know, sensitive and fra- fearful, you know, all these things. And so we, we're now throwing out all these oppositional labels versus getting to truly kind of sit back and understand each other and perhaps the true reason as to why. And, and the media doesn't help because what they'll show is 
you know, a, a person coughing in a baby's face and all they're doing is it's inciting more rage. But that's not the majority of the people out there not wearing masks. You know, that's that's just like that's overgeneralizing when, when we look at one individual or a couple of individuals and we say that everybody out there is doing the, the same thing, then it's, it's inciting unnecessary fear and unnecessary rage in us. And the thing about the brain is the brain does not know the difference between what's real and, and what's not. And so if, if you find yourself, let's say if you're watching a scary movie, you know, for example, and you're, you know, it's getting to a point where, you know, someone's in a dark alley and, you know, you, you kind of sense somebody's about to be murdered or whatever the case may be. And so your heart is starting to beat fast and your, your palms are starting to sweat. And so you're having literally a physiological experience based on this scary movie. And so now let's say you find yourself in a, in a dark alley headed, you know, from, I don't know, headed home or whatever the case may be. Of course, I don't know why we'd be in a dark alley, but just walk with me. Um, and, and so you'll, your mind will then go back to, you know, this scary movie that, that you just seen. And all of a sudden a cat knocks over a trash can and you just break out running, you know, because in your mind, someone is, is, is coming to attack you. And so your brain will actually think fight or flight. And so it, it will then assume that someone is actually trying to attack you. Someone is trying to get you. And so, again, a lot of what we see today with, with COVID, with so much of that media coverage, with social injustice, all of that media coverage is causing us now to become overly fearful, overly enraged. And now our brain is now causing us to now behave and act out from a mental health perspective. Uh, one of the things that I, you know, I always recommend uh, as as best we can is one, be mindful of the the media coverage. It's okay to be informed. You know, I never tell people to to not be informed. This is is information is good. As a matter of fact, part of the fear is because we lack instruction, and so you kind of need to know, you know, what do I need to do for for my household, for my family, for myself. However, what you don't want to do is be so saturated with media coverage that you're fearful of, of the things around you and, and what's going on, because then your behavior will soon follow and you will then act out based on the fear. It's, it's just like, you know, if my four year old is with me and he, he runs out in the street you know, I'm going to obviously respond probably out of anger, even though my root is fear. because I'm afraid he'll get in the car, whatever the case may be. And so that that's kind of what what we're seeing a lot of is just those that are fearful because of so much saturation of media, excuse me, media coverage, whether it be social media or just CNN or whatever. You know, people are fearful and, and they're fearful because they don't they don't know what's coming next. There, there is such an, an unknown out there. There is no definitive time frame as to when this will, will end. And so we don't know if, you know, sports will continue on. We don't, we don't know for certain, you know, if, you know, how school will go, how education will be. We don't know for certain if I will have to continue to have this dialogue with you, you know, here in my home or, you know, so I mean, all of those things cause anxiety, cause depression, and, and just just fear uh, if you don't know what to do or how to approach it. 
And so one, one of the things I try and do is help people kind of walk through that process, slow, slow your mind down, breathe. One of the things that, that the pandemic has done for me is allowed me to, to really search kind of where I am personally, where I desire to be uh, both personally and professionally. Uh, where am I currently? You know, let, let me just kind of grade myself as a husband, as a father, and, and kind of see if I'm really, you know, doing, you know, the things that I, that I think I'm doing. And for me personally, one of the things that I noticed was I was kind of neglecting some things, you know, as, as the priest of my home. And so I had to go back and just kind of re-examine and re-evaluate even the way I do things uh, here in my own household. And, and so for me, that was that's a plus. You know, it, it, it was a plus for me to be able to look at, you know, some of those things that I wasn't doing, you know, or carrying out with fidelity and, and making sure that I was on my P's and Q's and really crossing, you know, those T's and dotting those I's. But, but now being here and my wife, you know, I'm sure she could say the same thing. Now I can honestly say I'm truly seeing my children actually grow up, you know, before my eyes. There were some habits that I didn't see. There was some, some growth in some areas that I didn't see before because I was constantly coming and going. You know, as you kind of, you know, alluded to earlier, you know, when you're doing so much, you know, in your profession and just trying to ensure that you're being of, of service to mankind and doing what you believe God has called you to do. You know, it's easy to neglect those things that that are, are near and dear to your heart. And obviously for me, that's that's my family. Um, so I said a lot. I know. And, and I hope I'm <laughs> no, 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 that was good. That was good. You know, I what what I hear you saying is that, you know, it's it's, you know, first of all, it is normal for us to um, have a level of fear. Sure. Um, but we just need to make sure that we're taking some measures so that 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 fear is not the thing that's motivating us to do other things and act outside of um of our character the thing i like about what you said is that instead of sitting around feeling out of control because we just we just are in a season where we're kind of out of control of what's you know, what's, what's going to happen. And, and honestly, for myself, when we first started with COVID, you know, I didn't know, I thought this was, you know, a two week thing or something like that. So, you know, I'm trying to make sure I don't get COVID for like the next two weeks or whatever. And I'm thinking it'll be fine. Then the thing continues and continues and continues. And then mm -hmm. I'm trying to figure out as the mother of my home, what is the a hundred 50% best way for us not to get it, you know? Mm -hmm. And then there wasn't any clear message about what was the 150%, you know, best sure. chance for you not to do it. So then every time I go to the grocery store and I come back, I'm, you know, really worried. And then my, you know, I, my throat starts hurting. Then I start thinking, you know, I probably got it, but no, I'm just having, my body is reacting to, the the level of fear, right? And so um, I had a conversation with with uh, my husband, and he said, "Listen, all you can do is the best that you can do. Like you're the worst that you could do is probably take all of us to the grocery store and let all of us, you know, lick the counter. Well, we're not doing that. You know, you're mm -hmm. you're 
you're making a list, you're going at a time where there's not a lot of people in the store, you're wearing your mask and you're, you know, using hand sanitizer while you're in there and you're getting what you need and you're coming back out. That's the best you can do. And so right. then after that, you know, just do your best not to worry because you have done the best, you know, that that you can do. So I had to work myself into that. So I understand that there is so much fear. And what I like about what you said was actually turn that around, actually take this time to start saying, okay, these are the good things about what I've done about, you know, where I am in my life. These are the things that I want to improve. And instead of sitting around, you know, allowing yourself to feel out of control and getting these, you know, different, you know, illness in your body, just because of the level of fear, do something with this time, you know, say there are some areas that I want to improve in. There's some things that I've wanted to do that I haven't had time to do before and take the time, you know, to do those, to do those things. Now, I like that because it gives you a point of action instead of sitting there, you know, dealing, dealing with the fear. So I thank you, Rodney, for that. And we've got more questions, but let's take a break and we'll be right back. Heart Every Woman, the show where women find balance, peace, and inspiration. Now let's get back to the show with your host, Carla Nivens. Well, welcome back to the show, everyone. My name is Carla Nivens. I am your host for the Every Heart, Every Woman radio show. We're so glad that you've tuned in with us today. And we're having a great conversation with Rodney Shepard. Rodney is a licensed professional counselor. And so, Rodney, I really thank you for your time and thank you for um, for the message that you have given us so far. Um, I really want to get into uh, social justice. You said before, um, before the, we took time for a break, that you have been lately on some, some panels that have really been giving individuals space and time to talk. And I really believe that, number one, it, it's it's so unfortunate that number one, we're going through the pandemic and we're really trying to navigate our way through that. And now we, on top of that, we have um, social justice issues, race issues that are now in the forefront. Um, the good thing is, I think that has happened from this is that number one, we are all paying attention now. The entire world is paying attention. And number two, all of these conversations have started, which I know pleases the Lord. I really believe that these conversations please the Lord because we are learning how to listen to each other, how to love each other, how to, of course, see color. We're going to see color. And the Lord, he created us, you know, he created a rainbow of you know, his children. So of course we see the differences, but we are learning to appreciate the differences and pull 
pull each other into um, into family and into relationship, a good close relationship with each other, where maybe we don't walk the same walk in life, but we seek to understand. So, Rodney, give us um, just just some just a word of what have you been seeing and hearing from individuals who maybe even now are getting for the first time um, a space and a platform to even share their their experience about their life. Sure, um, I I think one one of the things that I have found to be uh, most intriguing. Uh, when I talk to to different individuals, because the, let's be clear, even within the, the black race, all black people aren't created equal within our own race. Right. And so, and so, one of the things that that I've noticed is people's approach to protest. And so, you have, for example, let's say you have the black man out in the streets, leading the charge, protest for justice, justice for all the the individuals who have been victims of social injustice, right? And then you have the black man who says, well, no, I'm I'm not going to get out in the streets and protest. I'm I'm not going to march. One, you know, because I have a job where I'm not the employee, I'm the employer. And so I'm, I'm going to choose to perhaps protest by using my position, using my influence um, to hire more black people in, 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 in this particular role where they would normally have the opportunity if someone else was in this same role that I'm in. Uh, and then you have perhaps uh, another black man that will say, um, and, I'm, and I'm saying black men because that was the last panel uh, discussion that I was a part of in your tour of uh, African-American men. And so you then you have another black man that would say, I'm not going to protest uh, necessarily, but uh, I will stay home with with my my wife and my my three sons and, you know, show them how to have a civil conversation when they disagree. So perhaps they need to see, you know, me and their mom disagree about something and, and, and despite our disagreement, still come to a conclusion that's civil. And so perhaps when they then go outside of the home, they can have a civil conversation despite the disagreement because a civil society starts in a civil home. And so you have, you know, three different black men out protesting their own way. And so the the point that I got from that is that there is no standard uh, status quo cookie cutter way to protest. And so if you're out on the street, you can't be upset with the person that's in his home or the person that's on on his job that's choosing to hire perhaps more African-Americans, you know, who may have had a $16 uh, or sixteen thousand dollars salary. Now they have a forty-eight thousand dollars salary because you know now I've just created a completely different lifestyle for this entire family. But you upset because I'm not out in the street, you know. And, and so I, I think that you know, just as a black race as a whole, just understanding that everyone doesn't necessarily protest protest the same, and we should all you know be grateful of 
those different dynamics and those different approaches, you know, to the the protests that that that's currently going on. Because all the media will show you is the marches. They're not showing you the husband that's that's teaching his his children. That they're not showing you the the black employer that's that's creating a completely different lifestyle for a black family. And and, and so those are the things that because we don't see it. What, what, what's, what's put in front of you becomes substance to you. And so again, we say faith is the substance, but a lot of times because we've embraced the culture, you know, the media now has become the substance. And that's why I say we have to truly be, you know, aware of, of what we take in and knowing what's informative versus what's saturation, because eventually those things can defile us and can cause us to walk further away from God's word versus towards it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I like that. I think, you know, for me, and and I believe this the same is true for you. Um I and 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 I did learn this at home. For me, our my life I, I need my life to be diverse. I, diversity makes me stronger. So I want everybody, you know, to be a part of my family. Even people who, I will say, even people who aren't um, believers of Christ. Mm-hmm. I need them to be in my family as well. Because, you know, how... How can I truly take the message of Christ like the Bible tells us to do and take it to the ends of the ends of the world if I have nobody in my orbit who, you know, isn't a firm believer of Jesus Christ? So I I honestly believe that diversity makes my life better. And so you can look at the areas of my life and you can see different types of people. And you can see me giving my time to different types of people and entering into all kinds of different conversations. Now, what has the what what does conversation do for us for you know mentally? Um, for I, I think for me, you know, it, it helps me to understand and love and know someone else. But I think um, the one thing that this created, like I said, is the open dialogue that we have haven't been able to have before in in our society, even in church, even in churches. Churches are now having different conversations um, about race and about diversity that we have I have never seen before. What is this doing for people? Um, mentally to be able to actually speak some words that they've yet been able to speak before? Uh, I, I think it's it's given uh, kind of a platform that, that people otherwise probably wouldn't have had. You know, it, it's unfortunate that it's, you know, it took so many things, um, right. you know, and so many events to, to occur to obviously to come to this point. But, uh, you know, we're all relational. You know, and I think that's why the pandemic was such a hard thing is because it, it took away our ability to relate to people in the same room. Like like you and I are, you know, we're apart. I'd rather be in the studio with you. Right. Because mm-hmm. there is a different frequency and a different energy if we're in the same room. And so 
the the communication piece because we're relational people obviously want to be heard people want to be understood and and despite all that ultimately people want to be loved mm -hmm. and so i think the the conversation and the communication now feeling like i'm i'm perhaps being heard and and not that it's a scenario where i'm talking to you and you're ready to rebuttal because if you're ready to rebuttal, then that to me says you're not really listening, listening. to what's being said. You're just waiting for me to get finished. So then you can kind of defend perhaps your reason for your action. And so and, and that to me doesn't communicate love. You know, the Bible says be slow to speak, be quick to listen, because it's in your ability to listen that you learn. You're not learning if you're the one that's always talking. And so although I, I talk a lot. <laughs> In, in counseling and in my sessions, I actually talk the least because I'm trying to learn the other individual and I'm trying to build a healthy relationship because that's really all that counseling is, is, is building healthy relationships with strangers. And oftentimes people come into the counseling because they don't have a healthy relationship somewhere, whether it be within themselves or, or with another individual. And so they're looking for that healthy relationship and so then i become that example and i think with the current uh climate that we're in you know i think the the pro the positive side is people are now starting to build healthy relationships with people that don't look like them with with people that didn't perhaps didn't come up the same way that that they did and people are being intentional about it now whereas before they weren't being intentional. They just kind of came to church as normal. And, you know, we sat up there and we watched Carla sing and we didn't really think, you know, a, a lot about it, really. It was just kind of, that was our, our norm. But then some events happened that, that completely shattered, you know, those norms. And now all of a sudden, you know, we have to be intentional about something and that's uncomfortable. Because I don't know, like, I, I like this black person over here because I know her or I know him. But what about this one over here that you don't know? Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Yeah. I, I, you know, one thing that I, I can say for myself that I am the I forget the the different personality types, um, but I'm the personality type that actually uh, is more analytical that. Mm -hmm. um, thinks more than than I talk. In this season of life, I have done more talking, I think, than I have ever um, done before. I've been asked more questions than I've ever uh, asked before um, by so many different women who just say, you know, can can we, you know, meet up for coffee and stay a safe distance from each other? But I have some questions. What I have learned is that for, for my personality, like I don't mind sitting in the background, it, which is that's hard for people to understand because I, my job is in front of a microphone, but I literally don't have to be in front of a microphone. I prefer to be in the seat and I kind of prefer just to be quiet and take in the information and take in what's going on in the room. But it has truly been healing for my soul to be able to sit down with women one-on-one -on -one and to share some experiences, to share the, the messages that I learned from my grandmother, because uh, my grandmothers, I 
consider my grandmothers to be some of the uh, most wonderful people in my life. And they gave me so much wisdom about how to navigate um, this life as, as a black woman. And for, you know, for the first time, I've been able to share those parts of myself and I, um, it's been healing for me. You know, it's been, I don't feel, um, worn out and, and tired and, and, you know, drugged down by the opportunity to talk. I actually feel like I've created so many more strong relationships and, I like the fact that you said that we really are, we're more relational than, than what we think. And if mentally we are struggling in different areas, a lot of those things can be helped if we would sit down to, to talk and to share um, really what's going on, share underneath the underneath current of um, our, our feelings and, 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 you know, kind of get to, let's get to the root of this. Let me, let me share this with someone and this would help us um, navigate. I, I believe during this time, is that, is that kind of how we should look at this? Yeah. And as you were talking, I, I was just, you know, thinking about, you know, so my, I love counseling couples that that's kind of my, my niche. Uh, I, I really enjoy, um, um, married, whether it be married, premarital, um, I, I just enjoy couples in general because of the relational component. And, and one of the things that I oftentimes will visit in those sessions in particular is the, there are two different histories, uh, to consider here, you know, regardless of race, regardless of any of those things, you, you're, you're bringing two histories together. So you're marrying this person's history They're They're marrying your history. And obviously that's in a marriage scenario, but I think with the current climate and with the, the different things that are going on with social injustice and with now our ability to communicate where those histories are now, you know, kind of coming together and, and we're having to now really address some of those historical events in our own personal lives, not like going all the way back to the 60s or the the mid 1800s i mean that our there's history there obviously but we're talking about more so uh history within us where we may have dealt uh with some things that are could be still unresolved mm-hmm. a, a lot of what we see <clears throat> is is unresolved in us and so many people are responding you know out of anger and frustration because now some triggers have now manifested and it's causing us to now say okay I, I, there needs to be a change here and so I, I have to, as a, again, going in from a counseling perspective, you know, I like to highlight some of those um, buttons, uh, some, some of those things that cause us to go from one to 10 in a matter of seconds. You know, those pet peeves that perhaps that we have, you know, I, I like to challenge clients, really examine why you, you know, feel, why you get so bothered by social injustice. Like, what is it specific? Not, not what... What is it about your neighbor? Not not what what you've learned in, in a textbook, but what is it about you specifically that caused you to become enraged? And I'll use myself as an example. You know, I, I, I counsel clients of, of many, many cultures, many races. And so for me, I realized that it's easier for me to read about social injustice than it is for me to see it on video. Like I can digest it better 
It doesn't change the event. It doesn't change what happened. It's, it's still what it is. But I can't look at a video of a man with his knee on another man's neck and I, and I watch him die and then try to go counsel one of my white clients. That, that's going to render that session unproductive for me. Does that make sense? And so yes, because, yes. because I realize that, then I have to make it a point to say, and this goes back to being informed versus saturating yourself with things that, that you know will get you riled up and cause you to feel some type of way. So for me, I have to realize what that does to me. So I have to make it a point to say, okay, videos, that, that, that's a no-go for me. It, it, and this always been that way. If I saw, uh, you know, Amistad or A Time to Kill or Roots or Malcolm or whatever, you know, these black movies that we, we grew up with, you know, the, those things would kind of do something in me internally that I didn't necessarily like. And so, and, and, I, had, and I had to deal with exactly what that was and, and why that is. And understanding if that renders me to lack in my production, then I have to protect the integrity of my, 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 my practice in this scenario and make it a point to kind of evaluate and examine myself more closely so that I can be more beneficial to all of my clients and not just one particular type of client. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and, and I guess we all have to do... We, we all have to do our due diligence about what we take in and how that is going to, um, how that is going to affect us. Um, I, I, I think I'm the same. I would, I would rather, um, because I do want to be informed and I want to, I want to know what's happened in history and what is happening in current events, but it's better for me to, to read it. And um, so that I can I, I can be informed. I but I, I, I can say that during this time, I think um, there are a lot of emotions and I have gone ahead and allowed myself to feel emotions um, about, you know, what's what's going on now. I can say that I have not watched every video. I can't watch every video, but I have given myself the permission to feel, um, to go ahead. And if, if I take in some bit of information and I feel like I need to weep over that, I go ahead and allow myself, you know, to do that. Um, because one of the things that my grandmother did for us, when we were always asking her questions, both of my grandmothers, but Specifically, I'm speaking of my dad's mom. We would ask her questions about her younger years. She would answer us um, very matter-of-factly. You know, she wouldn't give all of the, you know, it was a hot day and I was, you know, trudging through the snow. You know, she wouldn't all do right, all right. that. She would just give us the, <laughs> she would just give us the facts. And then she would specifically say, I want you to love people. She wouldn't, she wouldn't say every bit of injustice. She went through every thought that went through her head about her experiences, but she would very specifically say, I want you to love. I I don't, you know, I don't want you to hold things against people because of something that I went through. She was very adamant um, about that. And I, I kept that. I remember that. Um, 
to this day. So when I'm taking in information, I think, okay, there may be some things that I have to cry about, about, you know, social injustice and things that I'm taking in. But I know for sure that the people who raised me and the people who brought me into this world really had it on their heart for me to love. So it's okay to to feel emotions, but it's also one of those things that I'm going to pray about this. I'm going to forgive and I am going to embrace people in my life because I need people. Definitely. Definitely. And when I think about what you just said, I mean, the the greatest commandment, you know, love God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. Second is likened unto it. Love man. Yes. And so even when you look at the Ten Commandments, the first five deal with how you relate to God. The second five deal with how you relate to man. Mm -hmm. And so that that's really what you said that if I can put scripture to it, that that sums it up in a nutshell. The way we relate to God is how we relate to man. And so particularly with my believers, I, I always remind them with all the things that are going on. We can't lose track and we can't lose focus of our ability to love people from the president on down Mm -hmm. we can't lose that focus and that ability because that's a command that god has given us to do yes and this joy that i have the world didn't give it so why would i allow the world to take it from me yes the world cannot tell me how to respond to social injustice to pandemic or to anything because of my ability to love supersedes all of those things yeah yeah. And so that's what I hang my, 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 my faith on. Amen. Well, thank you so much, Rodney, for your time. Thank you for, um, for giving us the messages that you've given us today. I, we really appreciate this, and we look forward to having you back on the show, uh, hopefully at a, at, a, at a later date. Hopefully you had a good enough time. Um, everyone, our radio show is a program of Love Ministries. Go to loveministriesbills.org for all of the great information about Love Ministries. Everyone have a great week. We'll see you back here next week.